On this episode of Her Wild Outdoors, join me as I talk with Hannah Markham of Texas about being gun shy. What does that mean? Is there a difference between respect and fear for a gun? Yes, but where does the respect come from? It comes from confidence, and confidence comes from practice. So listen in and let us know what you think. We hope you enjoy. Okay, everybody, welcome back to another Her Wild Outdoors podcast episode. Um, tonight is going to be a fun, I say tonight, we're it's seven o'clock. Um, and we are talking with Hannah again of um, on Instagram and who just spent a whole week with me. And I'm so excited, Hannah, that you are hanging out with me tonight. Yes. And I'm just you know, thanks for having me back on. And I know we only saw each other just like a couple days ago, but it's good to hear your voice again. <laughs> I know, right? I, we were, everybody who's listening right now, we were just talking and we were thinking this is going to be like, we have a purpose to this conversation, but it, it's kind of like, I don't know, we just spent a whole week almost together and it's kind of recapping and, and it's like, old friends getting together, having a conversation. And so I don't know. I'm excited to see how it goes tonight. Me too. Yes. Okay. So we got together. It was a week ago Saturday. Wait, no, two weeks ago Saturday. You flew in here and we had a wild game dinner, which was delicious. Um, And I was grateful that you were here because – I think I would have lost my mind if I didn't have some backup. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, I mean, you did great. And it was so fun. Just like the whole concept of it, of having people bring, you know, some kind of wild mm-hmm. game and everyone gets to try it. And not only that, like be excited to try it because I, like in my life, um, a lot of my in real life friends, mm-hmm. friends, you know, like if I were to bring something, I, I don't know how many of them would actually want to try it. And then yeah. that environment, it was like, everyone was excited. Yeah. Even the non-hunters, try. right? Yes. Yes. They, they were all willing to try something once. And I think that I even caught people going back for seconds, um, on certain things. So I, it is exciting. It's exciting to sit back and, enjoy not just what it tastes like, but hear the story behind it, whether it was a hunt or if it was from trapping or um, if it was in-state or out-of-state, how it all came together, how they cooked it. And I don't know, I've never had bear that tender. I think Casey did a great job with that. Yes. And mm-hmm. the, you didn't have the bob, the bobcat, but it was good. <laughs> I know. I, we, she promises to make me some without eggs in it and I can't wait to try it, but everybody was raving about it. Yeah. 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 I think it kind of takes, I mean, not that I've ever experienced this, but like you hear about like, fa- like generations of people, like your grandpa going to hunt camp and mm-hmm. like, that's kind of what I 
imagine like hunt camp is like, yeah. like somebody gets a deer and then there's this, not only like, not only is, is that person like super excited, but then like a whole community kind of rallies around that. And then they get, they cook it like, you know, in front of everybody mm-hmm. and they get to sit around and talk about, you know, it, and it could be non-hunting or whatever, but just like having that fellowship attached to it, I mm-hmm. think is, oh, is kind of that that's kind of almost going away and it was good to like it was good to get to experience that side of it because I just want more of it now you know (laughs) I know it kind of spoils you to where if you don't have it which I don't normally it's you get a deer here and I celebrate with the family uh but you get straight to work on it. And usually we don't have time if it's in the evening to cook something Mm -hmm. from it. So it's, I don't necessarily have that on a normal basis. And it is kind of intoxicating to, uh, to experience sitting around, not just celebrating a meal, but feeling supported in Mm -hmm. your goals of what's coming up and what you have accomplished. I, it's, it's like you said, it's a community. And I think that we've, we're lacking in the everyday community that, um, I think back in the day they used to have a little bit more. Uh, Yeah, for sure. We had, I know that Tennessee had deer check-in stations for years and years and years, of course, until recently. And I kind of missed out on utilizing those. And I think that was where there was a lot of celebration and, uh, and you know, add a boy, add a girl, um, whether it was something big and huge that you brought in or a first-time hunt or you're hunting for meat. I think it was just... We're missing that. I I hope that it comes back. Yeah. Or, you know, we can kind of find different ways to maybe do it if, if, if we can't, you know, yeah. do it in our, where we live. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't have too many people that are like close enough around me, mm-hmm. but you know, you can call, I can call Amy yeah. and she'll, she'll I'll rally around me. <laughs> I'll come over. I'll, I'll do it. And, and we'll continue doing this game dinner. It's, I think we've got big plans for it next year. And, um, I think just being able to push, the ability to help somebody else through it is going to be something that my heart has been wanting to do for a while. So it'll be neat to see where it goes next year. I'm glad that you were here this year for it. Me too. Yeah. Um, so we had that and and kind of came down from that for two days. And then we, we went to POMA, the POMA conference, which if you guys don't know what that is, it's the Professional Outdoor Media Association. Um, and it was their annual conference that we got to kind of rally the troops again and uh, and meet new people and... I it was I was talking to Adrian earlier and she said it was kind of like a uh what it, oh a fire hose <laughs> like a fire hydrant just spraying endless amounts of information at you at one time that you then have to kind of go home and process. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I 
I don't, I don't, I didn't feel like inundated necessarily Mm -hmm. with, um, with information. I thought that they did a really great job of like balancing Mm -hmm. some of that, like educational stuff with like more just like, you know, sitting down and eating and getting to talk to different people. Um, at least there was, you know, some of that. Cause I, but I do actually have experience going to other conferences where it really is just like, from the minute you get there to like, and maybe you get lunch, (laughs) sometimes you don't, but you know, maybe if you, if you're lucky, you get lunch, but yeah, from like eight to five, it's like sessions back to back. And that can be overwhelming. That can be a a beating for sure. Yeah. I don't think I ever felt too overwhelmed. I think it, I think like you said, they did a great job of balancing. I think it was the, um, I think it was the excitement of how many people I was surrounded with at one time that was like-minded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that it was a good thing. I, I know that it was a good thing. I didn't, I don't think, I know it was a good thing. And I, I, but it was a little bit overwhelming and a good thing. Um, yeah. Like a ner- you're definitely, it's like this nervous energy that yes. like, I for sure got that it was like excitement, all these people. Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. you're like, Oh, these people, like we all care about the same things, mm-hmm. but like I, for me, you know, and well, yeah, probably you too. Like I'm just kind of getting started. I'm sure mm-hmm. these, some people have been doing this their whole lives. And so you just have all these I, thoughts probably going through your head, just like, the whole day. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And it's kind of like I needed to take notes the whole time um, mm-hmm. on who I was meeting and who who connecting with is going to be beneficial and how can I help? How can I be a part of solutions? And um, so yeah, I I think it was a great experience, but. Okay, so I kind of want to take it back because before you came here, you bought a shotgun before turkey season. But before that, you had been an archery-only hunter. So walk me through the thought process of changing from archery to gun for turkey season. So full disclosure, I like thought it was going to be so much easier (laughs) and I was (laughs) wrong. I was like, I mean, I ate humble pie, crow, whatever you want to say Mm -hmm. this turkey season, because I don't think I did. I did do a little bit of, um, due diligence. I would, I would say like I looked into shotguns and kind of watched some, you know, watched some videos to see what other people were doing. And, but, um, watching it and like researching it and Mm -hmm. doing, getting out there and actually doing it are two very different things. And, um, I think, you know, walking away from the season without harvesting a bird is, I mean, it's nothing new to me, (laughs) 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 but it's never fun. It's, it's not, it's not fun. Um, I love to turkey hunt, but I like, I feel like I am like the self-proclaimed worst turkey hunter, (laughs) most unsuccessful turkey hunter ever. Um, but I still love it. Like I will never quit. I still love it. It's so much fun. Um, and I learned so much this season Mm -hmm. that I can use next year. And, And like in Texas, we have a, we do have a fall season and I could even, you know, I could even do that then. So I think just like part of that, like just growing my knowledge as a hunter in general is 
exciting. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's kind of where I was coming from. Like, yes, I want to get a bird. And I, for sure, like my motivation was like, oh, I'm going to, it's easier with, uh, with a shotgun, which I mean, you can, you can, you have more opportunities with a shotgun than you do with a bow. I, I think I feel pretty confident in saying that that's true. <laughs> true. Um, but it's still just this exact same as starting from scratch when you first start bow hunting or, right. or if you're, it's your first season, um, gun hunting, it's you, you really are just doing it for the first time and, and learning what works and what doesn't work. And Hey, maybe I need to buy this, that, and the other next time. And maybe it'll help me and maybe it won't. And I'll just keep trying until I find what works for me. 100%. And I think yeah. that, and for all of you who are listening, this is not, this was not your first turkey season. This was not like you weren't a first time turkey hunter. You were a first time turkey gun hunter this season. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and it does take you a little bit out of a comfort zone when you switch from using one method of hunting to another. It takes you back to ground zero. <laughs> it takes you back to being a a beginner. And I think mm-hmm. that that's what, that's what I love and hate about hunting is that all of a sudden you switch one thing and you go back to the beginning. Exactly. Yeah. So it can be frustrating because you're trying something that you've done before, but it's new. It's all new the way that you're doing it. And, you know, with a shotgun, I've learned yeah, I've hunted turkey now for three seasons and it took me till the third season to get a turkey. And uh, and it was with the help of people, of friends. And I think looking back now, I was in that same situation because I had never gun hunted before going on my first turkey hunt. So I was in the same ballpark as you. And I think I was in the same mindset. This will be easier. This will be, it'll give me more opportunity. It will give me all of these things that, but I wasn't thinking about, well, if they do come closer, then, then my ability to shoot them, the percentage goes down because you are, it's such a small margin of error, the closer they are to you versus archery, the closer they are to you, the the better off. And so I don't, it's just a, a complete switch of your mind frame when, when you switch over into a different, um, a different method of hunting. Right. And it's, it's the, it is the same as like bow hunting, whereas you can, you can practice, you could go to a range and shoot it, which we did. Like I shot my shotgun. Um, we read the, uh, manufacturers, like the, the instructions. Um, Mm -hmm. and it said to run, um, 80, I think it said 80 to a hundred rounds through Mm -hmm. it before, you know, to make sure that it's, you know, worn in or whatever you want to say. And so we did that, but like, and you can do that with a bow too. You could, you could be out there every single day for a year, you know, shooting however many arrows you feel like is going to prepare you, but you cannot, um, replicate that experience of actually putting that (laughs) weapon, (laughs) pulling it back or putting, you know, pulling the trigger when you have an animal, 
in front of it. You yeah. cannot, you cannot practice that. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think that you can't replicate it. I think that that adrenaline rush that whoever you're with, when a bird comes in, when with whatever comes in with, whether you're shooting a shotgun or a rifle or whatever it is, you can't replicate the feeling coming into it. You have to be able to um, roll with the punches. And sometimes Mm -hmm. those punches leave you empty handed as you leave, but you walk away knowing so much more than you walked in knowing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it it was all well worth it. You know, just those, those seasons where you don't, you know, you don't end it with some meat in the freezer or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, you, you have a lot more to think about and chew on and, and try to do differently next time. And I think that that just grows us even more, Mm -hmm. hopefully. Yeah. (laughs) I hope so too. I hope that it what I learned this year, applying it to a solo hunt will will make me uh, have a victory that I'll be able to walk away from. But going back just a little bit to the feeling of the control of a bow to the control of a gun, what would you say? like anxiousness wise or nervousness or um, like there's a difference between fear and respect of a method of your hunting, but coming into never touching a bow before and never touching a gun before, which would you say you had a little bit more of an anxious feeling coming into? Oh, for sure. I am not, I, I'll say even today, I'm not super comfortable with firearms. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and for me, it goes back to, uh, and you're ta- talking about fear versus respect. So mm-hmm. I didn't grow up hunting, but I did get to go on some dove hunts with my dad when I was, you know, maybe 10, 10, 11, 12. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had a 12 gauge side by side, um, that he, I think in his mind, which I, I understand it. And like, you never know how your, your kid or even an adult's going to react to this. But mm-hmm. I think he wanted all of us, like me, my brother and my sister to shoot it, oh, to feel it, I think, <laughs> and feel that it's not a toy. Right. Like, mm-hmm. um, and my reaction to that was I'm, afraid of this thing. Like, I don't want to do this ever. And I, okay, I'm done. Like, I don't like this. So this is not my thing. And I think that this has, that has always kind of stuck with me that like that fear of what I felt when I was 10 years old shooting that. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I go into kind of every time that I'm going to shoot a gun I just, I just don't feel comfortable whereas yeah. with a bow it's it definitely you don't have that that recoil that gives you that reaction of like oh this thing is like gonna fly out of my hands you know I mean you yeah. do kind of you do kind of feel that way but it definitely it's not the same at no. least not for me no I would agree I would 100% agree and I didn't grow up around guns at all and so when my when I got married and it came with a plethora of whether it was rifles or uh, shotguns, it took me a little bit of time to 
not accept it, but to feel that difference between fear and respect. Mm-hmm. Um, knowing that if it's not touched, if it's not, it can't, nothing can happen if nobody touches it. And I think that that's just a mindset that went, that I had to walk through as an adult. I was told my entire life, they can hurt people, they can hurt people. And that's kind of what the media has put through people's minds as well. This gun, it's it's harmful. It kills people, it kills people, it kills people. And it's, we're inundated with it. And so it's almost like you've got to kind of rework your brain around it, that gun can't hurt anybody if it's not touched, but that's, it's not easy to overcome. Right. Yeah. Like, and I'm glad that you brought, brought up the media because that's, that was, I feel like that's one thing that probably played into it as well. Like, I mean, I did grow up and my dad had his shotguns in his closet, like, and they were just there. They obviously weren't loaded. Um, uh, because we had shot them, we knew like, you don't touch this thing. And also, mm-hmm. I mean, we had, we were fear. We actually had, you know, that <laughs> level yeah. of respect, like for our, for our dad, that like, if we touch it, it's like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're going to get, you know, you're going to not God into you. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, and, but then, you know, as you get older and like, I think because I knew it was there, in on in one sense it's like not enticing or like you don't even care about right. it almost right but you know growing up you hear the media picks up all these stories about um kids you know and I think that definitely played into it just re- like being reading all those like sensational headlines and right. like I know in my heart that you know guns don't kill people people kill kill people but I think that, yeah, you do kind of have to, for me, I think I, one thing I've learned is that the only way that I'm going to be more comfortable with firearms is to handle them more often. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. And that has, I still can't, if you talked to Amy Hall 20 years ago, and you told me that I would have a carry pistol that I would carry without, like not on my hip in plain view, but concealed, I would laugh you under the table. It, uh, it was not something that I felt comfortable with, but over time and having educational classes and going through training and having it on my person consistently brings not a sense of comfort. Like I don't ever want to use comfort with a gun. I It's a, a sense of respect in knowing how I'm using it, how I'm carrying it and the responsibility that I hold with it. But 20 years ago, you it would have been like I really would have left you under the table. I think it's crazy how far I've come with that level of changing from fear to respect. And Mm -hmm. it is all about handling um, that gun. It's all about getting out to the range and practicing. It's understanding not just the power of it, but the ability to harness it and be responsible for it. And so I don't know. I think that 
the more that you have them in your hand and the more that you use them and the more that you learn about them, like the you said that you have gone through and seen the mechanics of how things work inside of a gun. And that's valuable information that gives you that that power over it, right? Um, but it doesn't replace handling it. Right. And I think too, I mean, one, one of the benefits, the, the really awesome benefits of getting to go to the Poma conference was range day. Um, and I was very, I was excited, but I was also (laughs) very scared. And like, I mean, and I, I, I don't like using that word scared because my boyfriend always tells me, cause I use that word a lot. And I think I use that instead of saying like anxious. Mm -hmm. Um, and I probably should say, say anxious but it they feel the same to me okay yeah, yeah. no uh, i get it yeah um but um because i'll say that i'll say that to him all the time like oh i want to do this but i'm scared and he's like you're not scared <laughs> um but i felt i did there was apprehension and anxiousness because i am first of all i'm battling some you know like past i don't want to say trauma but for sure you know just like lifelong ideas that I've Mm -hmm. had about guns and experiences that I previous experiences that I've had. Mm -hmm. Um, all, but I knew that like doing it in this way where you got to just try whatever they had. And like, it was a very no pressure environment where Mm -hmm. if you didn't want to do it, like there's nobody there that thinks any different of you or like, (laughs) it doesn't matter. And then, and then beyond that, you're sitting next to the people who are like experts with that particular gun Mm -hmm. and like being able to walk up to them and say, I have never shot this before. Like just walk me through it. And then like not even blink an eye and just be like, and then go into it um, made me feel so much better and getting like instructions from them about how to do it properly. Right. That like you actually control a lot of what happens mm-hmm. um, was like, first of all, was super eye-opening. Mm-hmm. But then beyond that, it was just, I let you breathe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to be nervous um, about it because they aren't, aren't toys. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, if right. you don't take it, if you don't take it seriously, you probably shouldn't be out there. Yeah. No, yeah. and I, I think that they did a great job of setting everything up to where if you had zero experience whatsoever, that you could walk in and feel a sense of comfort in a way that whoever is with you, who whoever's teaching you, has the expertise to teach you. And uh, I think that all of the instructors that you and I went to were were great at, okay, let's go from the beginning. Let's take it from the bare bones of it. And let me explain to you with a muzzle litter, what kind of powder we're using, why we're using it, why it's measured out to this, um, this amount and the order that it goes in and just taking it from, from zero to you pulling the trigger and then following through. And so I, think when it comes down, I mean, if I can be honest, women love information. 
Mm-hmm. Most women love all the information. Like, give us all the details. I love knowing as much about something before I do it as I can. And so if I can go up to somebody, even though I know how to pull a trigger on most everything, I will still walk up to somebody and say, walk me through with this specific gun from zero to pulling the trigger, because I want to know the details of this specific gun. And I don't think that there's a problem with that. And everybody there at range day had no problem teaching that because they're excited to to go through that. Most instructors with firearms love women coming through because we do ask the questions. We do say, mm-hmm. how do you do this? I want to know how to do it well. I want to know how to do it right. I don't, I don't have this air about me that I need to prove something because that's how people get hurt. And that's like, in my mind, that's what I'm thinking. I'm not saying that that's what the world thinks. I'm just saying in my mind, if I don't do it right, there's a margin of error that is, that's fatal with firearms. Mm -hmm. And so I want to know everything of how to do it right. And they love teaching it. They do a great job of it. I think you've got to experience that for sure. Yes. Yeah. And I definitely was like, uh, a weight off of my shoulders. I think like, Mm -hmm. um, I was very scared during, um, but, and another, I think another added benefit of it was that you were, you were there with me. We we went to each kind of like each different place, um, together. And I think seeing you go first Mm -hmm. and like, there's just, (laughs) I think that there is just some kind of like probably psychological thing about like, Oh, my friend did it. Mm -hmm. And it's not a competition because I don't, it wasn't like, Oh, Amy can do it. So, so Amy did it so I can do it. It's not, it's not like a Mm comment. It's not like a competition way of thinking, but it is just like, like a supportive. Yeah. There's something to that, to like being able to have someone there that is, at least close to you in your size and like ability or whatever, mm-hmm. like whatever you want to call that, um, seeing them and being like, okay, they did it. And, and then having them encourage you to be like, no, just like, it's okay. Just do it. And then you're like, oh, okay, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but also um, knowing like going into it, I've been to ranges and shot numerous times the guns that we own. Um, but having, guns out there that I had never shot before that were exciting to shoot, but also knowing that at a certain point I can push and encourage you, but I also needed to know when to back off and say, Hey, this has been a lot. Are you ready to go? And we don't need to do everything all on one day when you don't have that experience. I couldn't shoot things that I think I probably would have wanted to try if my shoulder wasn't all banged up. But um, I think it allowed us to try things enough that got you kind of past that introductory first step of anxiousness. Um, sure. Yeah. Without and the I pressure. Feel like, yes. And I feel like even now I almost have like 
not necessarily like a game plan of mm-hmm. like what I could do to be more comfortable, but like I I think you know that maybe I want to get a twenty two and yes um and start there and then just like work on my tech like my technique my like just with that because and and maybe that is like how you do it with kids and and and. It, I don't know, but I think for me, that might be the right answer, Mm -hmm. um, to start there. And like, that was something that I didn't know before. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's great that to have that knowledge and to be able to come to that decision on my own. I think sometimes, um, (laughs) not, I don't know about, I don't know that I think sometimes the, the people around you, which I mean, I don't think it's would be on, uncommon for women to say that the majority of the time that people telling, talking to them, talking through hunting things and like maybe expanding your horizons, those people are going to be men. And maybe that doesn't matter to some women, but like having someone who's hunted their whole life telling me what I need to do um, to be bet to be more comfortable with guns, like for some reason that wasn't working for me. Yeah. I needed to figure out what I want to do next. Mm-hmm. So and I what think that looks like, yeah. And then being able to tell that person that told me, Oh, you should do this. And now I can tell them, well, I think I want to do this. And, yeah. and it was my boyfriend's dad. And we actually, he FaceTimed, we FaceTimed yesterday and spent the majority of time talking about 22s because he shoots um, long range 22s like every week. And so he has, he does have a ton of experience with it. And like, that wasn't anything he ever suggested to me. Um, but now like, I feel like he's excited with the idea Uh, of being able to do that with me like just growing things that we can all kind of do together so Mm -hmm. overall it was I think it's just been a really great learning experience that I'm super grateful for yeah well you see you walked into it like that and I walked into it having had two guns explode on me in the past Mm -hmm. eight months and being very trigger shy. And so my, every time I would pull a trigger, it would be that, that anticipation, that drop of the gun versus a smooth, uh, just pull back on the trigger. And so I was realizing I need to go back to something smaller. I need to Mm -hmm. work on that, that anticipation trigger pull before heading into some bigger things because it is whenever you experience something in a negative way, you kind of need to take those steps backwards to retrain your, Mm -hmm. your brain almost. And, and so I think that walking through that range with you was actually very therapeutic for me to be able to take a step back, to be able to say, okay, I don't need, like, I don't think, I think if you had not been there, I would have been tempted to try some bigger things that honestly might have set me back a little bit in that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so I think that, I don't know, I think that it was a mutual, I took things away from that day that I appreciated walking with you through it. And, um, 
and realizing that pushing through to something bigger isn't necessary at this point in time. It's more along the lines of, let's take it back to the basics. Let's go back. Let's go retrain your brain to pull a trigger smoothly and not you know, bounce off of the trigger at the end in hesitation or in fear. And, uh, and so, yeah, I, I walked away kind of feeling the same way you were. I need to go back to a 22 or do some dry fire drills. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was suggested by the SIG guys and by the CVA and Beretta guys, just being able to, um, to go back and think, it, it is. It's a complete retraining of your brain when you've been through something that you, you've you got to go back on. It can be frustrating to get somewhere and to get comfortable with something and then have to go back, but I think it's worth it. Yeah, because I think that focusing on technique, mm-hmm. and because it's the same with archery, you know, like yeah. you sure you could go out and shoot a, like your bow at a hundred yards and like, okay, you haven't shot for six months or a year or whatever, like you, and you probably just like lost your arrow or broke it or whatever. Cause like, no, you're not like, you're just not at that level. And, um, yeah, you can, you can do more damage by not paying attention mm-hmm. to technique and forming those bad habits that take you even longer to get over yes. rather than taking a step back and being like, I'm not, I'm not at that place where like, I want to shoot like some of the guns that were out there. Like they looked mm-hmm. awesome. And that, yeah. but yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't there cause I didn't want to set myself up for failure basically. Yeah. Yeah. I really liked those airsoft guns. <laughs> I did too. I surprisingly did too. Like, uh-huh. yeah, they're just, and I think it just kind of shows you like, don't ever like count, discount something that you haven't tried. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think that that, honestly, that gun would help me work on my anticipation um, because it looks like this big badass gun that would completely throw you backwards. But it's, I, I love target shooting. I love 22s. I love, I mean, I could sit all day with my son and my daughter and shoot a 22 or a BB Mm -hmm. gun all day long. Mm -hmm. Um, that, but I think that I need to go back to that. I don't think that I should be in a rush and we can put social media pressure. We can put posting pressure. Like we can throw all of that on there and, and talk about that because it's there. But I think if you take the step back and say, but would that help or hinder me to try to, to look badass and shooting something big, or do I need to really focus on what's important? And that is ethical hunting. (laughs) I mean, Mm -hmm. really, it really goes back to that. It goes back to, is my shot going to hurt something or is it going to put it down? And I would rather it put it down. Well, then I need to go back and work on a few skills that have been hindered by an experience. And and that I owe that to whatever animal I'm hunting. Yeah, exactly. I think walking away from that day uh, 
we both needed a little bit of processing from that. I think that I still, like days after you even left, I was sitting there going, okay, that was fun. That was fun. That was fun. That was a great gun to shoot. That was a great gun to shoot, but I need to work on this. And I think it kind of set me up for some of the goals that I have ahead. And I don't think I would have had that without walking through that course. Yeah. Yes. And I agree with that because as I said to like earlier that I, I think like my first thought was, yeah, like, I think I want to get a 22 because I think Mm -hmm. that that's the best option for me to familiarize myself with, with guns and be comfortable with one and all of those things. And so, yeah, I think that's my, my, my next game plan. Um, for maybe this next year. I'm not sure. (laughs) Yeah. You shoot right now. Your shotgun is, tell us what it is. It is a Franke 20 gauge, Mm -hmm. Franke affinity. Yep. Yep. Um, I, there is, and I can't, I will not be able to tell you exactly what it is. My husband has a a shotgun that is, I mean, they shoot the tiniest little things. Um, I'm not even going to try. Y'all, this is one of those things where I will admit, I do not know what kind of gun it is. It is a side-by-side or no, it's an over-under, but it shoots these tiny little um, shells, but they still pack a punch. You can still hunt with it. It's amazing. It's an old gun. Uh, But we went out shooting clays one day and I was taking an old pump action Mossberg 12 gauge. And then he had this gun. And I think, honestly, I think he did it on purpose. I think he knew, yeah. Yeah. he knew. And, and so we got out there and we were shooting clays and we were of course keeping score because I'm a competitive type person. And even if he wasn't keeping, I was keeping score and he was hitting so many of them. And I was going, what is going on? And I was hitting some but not at the caliber that he was. And I said, give me that. Give me that. And he handed it over and I shot it and I went, holy cow. And it was a 20 gauge. It wasn't a 12 gauge. And it kind of threw me into that, the start of that thought process. Okay. Am I shooting the right gun? Mm -hmm. And you and I have talked about this when you're shopping for anything you need hands-on experience with it. And it's hard to do in this day and age to go out and try something without buying it, uh, especially when you're thinking about guns. But there are places that you can go and you can rent things and try things. Um, And I would, if you have that ability, 100%, it is worth the investment to go and rent something and try it than to just blindly buy something. Um, If you've got friends that you can try something, if you've got like any way that you can put hands on something before you buy it as a firearm, I think it's vital. But I also think that having somebody, and you and I have also talked about this, having somebody buy something for you is a big no-no. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, because if you're not even there to shoulder it like that, no. I think at at the basic level of like, just do this one thing, mm-hmm. at least do 
<laughs> at least do that. Like make sure that they've shouldered it and that yes. it, it, the arm to pull is mm-hmm. satisfactory. Yeah. <laughs> um, because it'll make a difference. And if they continue shooting it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then it and, will make a difference in if they use it to hunt and if they actually get to be victorious with it, like it makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I think that it's a great thought and it's a, a huge heart that people have to go and buy something for someone that's a that is one step closer in in loving somebody is to do that. But I think in order to do it right, guys, if you're listening, just take them to mm-hmm. buy it. Take them to try it. If you, I get the question asked the most, how do I get the woman in my life to get out there hunting with me? Let them be a part of the decisions. Let them be a part of buying what they are going to use because that will make or break the whole situation. Yeah, I think that they have to, the the woman in their life kind of has to be the one to say, okay, I'm ready first. Yes. Um, And then I think, (laughs) not to, not to like bash the guys, you know, that are excited that in that moment, like if, if I were to have that conversation, like, yeah, if I were to have that and I did, I had that conversation with Ryan's dad just yesterday about like, Oh, I think I want a 22. And then he kind of like, I almost, it was almost kind of like a, like a, you could see the smile in his eyes in a way mm-hmm. that he was like, Oh, I'm excited about, I'm going to get to show her all this stuff and teach her stuff. Cause they love, they love that. Mm-hmm. Um, but don't do the fire hose thing. Yeah. Just kind of like Slow. let them mm-hmm. figure out the direction maybe that they want to go and guide them along that process, I think. But I mean, every person's different, but I do think that that's generic enough to say that I think that that would benefit most people. Yeah. If it was me going on a hunt and it was going to be a one shot and it wasn't really something that I don't, um, it's like taking somebody out in the cold hunting to sit for six hours and putting them in shorts and a t-shirt. Mm-hmm. you're going to fail. Mm-hmm. Like it will It will be a failure of a situation if you like, and no offense to your dad, but at 10 years old, handing a kid a side-by-side 12-gauge, like you're, you're doing a great job putting fear into them for the gun that they're holding, but it, it might do more damage in the exactly. future. Yeah, uh, and I, he didn't know no, that. Like uh-uh. my brother and my sister both have twenty gauges, and they or no twelve gauges, and they mm-hmm. they dove hunt with him and stuff. And like this will be, I hope you know my first season where I get to join them um, because I was just so not about it before. Yeah, because uh, it just took. I just I just had a different reaction. Mm-hmm. You yeah. just never know. It's it's like when we introduced our kids and you've met them and you know their personalities now, but even taking both of them out, each one res- responded differently to a gun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if I had handed, like my son loves an AR-15, my daughter could care less for it. She has no desire to shoot something like that, but they both love a twenty-two. And that, like, we started them on a Red Rider BB gun and then moved them up to a 22. And it's all about 
teaching gun safety in the beginning with a BB gun, like that is simple to start there and and teach where do you put your finger? How do you load things? Where do you keep it pointed? I don't handicap a 12 gauge and say, you know, shoot something. It's It starts smaller, but I think that mm-hmm. you can you can apply that to an adult that's coming in. I wouldn't hand an adult a 12 gauge shotgun either. I honestly, every single person that has come to me who has never shot a firearm before I start them with a 22 Mm -hmm. always, always because I don't want them to fear that recoil. I don't want them to walk away going, Oh, my shoulder. I want them to walk away going, that was awesome. I hit the target. Yes. I hit the target. You want to give victories to people, not uh, negative reactions. So it is in how you present things. And, And again, going back to you going to range day, they did a great job of presenting things. And um, and I think that it makes a difference in how you walk away from it a hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what, so you're going to get a 22. Um, do you have any goals? Like I know that you've got your shotgun and you're going to be going turkey hunting, hopefully in the fall and, and, cat <laughs> and get one. Um, but do you have any goals for, a pistol because we haven't talked about that. You and I both shot a pretty awesome handgun is a totally different experience from a rifle or a a muzzleloader or a shotgun. It's totally different. Right. Yeah. Um, no, (laughs) (laughs) um, I, I think I, before I decide on that, I mm-hmm. need more experience. I would yes. need to go to more classes or or um, things like that. I wouldn't just go buy a, a handgun today. Yeah. Um, I want to do a lot more research and thinking about it mm-hmm. before I even consider Step that. Into like, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not not there, not there yet. Yeah. <laughs> That there is a drastic difference. And I think that that's a perfect answer. <laughs> knowing you and knowing how you walked into that, I think it's a great, um, it's a great answer. Because again, the more knowledge that we have, the more we feel in control. Mm-hmm. And so it's not comfort, it's the, it's the respect for it. And, uh, and so, yeah, I, I totally agree with you on that. I think I've reached out to, there's a lady here in town that I want to connect with that goes not just like concealed carry class, which I still, even if you're in a state where it's a constitutional carry, I 100% believe in a hands-on carry class mm-hmm. 100 I cannot scream it any louder or put fireworks around it any bigger hands on carry classes are vital to being in control of your firearm so she not only teaches that she teaches like the after classes like what do you do in scenarios what is the best carry for you what it takes it past just the, I guess, legal class of how you carry, but it takes it past that. And I think that 
I'm going to sign up for a few classes just to take my education further in in being able to protect myself um, and care for others, but also to to carry well and to carry respectfully and safely. Um, but I think that I think that as you move through a 22 and if you move into bigger rifles, I think that, like you said, the more education you have, the more you'll grow toward um, toward that possibility. There's no rush, right? No, no. no. And and like all the things, yeah, the things that you just brought up, I think are things that people don't, a lot of people probably don't actually consider, but like, given that I live in Texas, um, I see people open carrying every day. Yeah. Um, And so for me, there's no way that all of those people know how to, handle a situation in in which they might actually have to pull it out of the holster. Right. Right. Um, I, and like, there was actually a situation, Oh, I don't remember. I'm sure it made like, I'm sure it made national news, but it was a couple of years ago in Fort Worth, which is not too far from where I live, um, where a guy came in with a church with a gun. He, I believe he did shoot and kill one person. Mm -hmm. Um, and the church, there were, at least five um, people that pulled their guns out and mm-hmm. had them on him. But the person who actually shot shot him was a retired police officer. Mm-hmm. Um, but the person who, who pulled his weapon and, and was killed, what's the word I'm looking for? Paused? Like hesitated. hesitated. There we go. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And, and he's not alive anymore because of that. And so I, I think there's just so much more that goes into it than people, than just getting to have one and carry it because you feel like it makes you safe because right. that's not necessarily true. No, no. I've, especially over the past year, you've heard of so many people who have just gone out and bought them because they don't know politically how the nation is going to be that, you know, are we going to be able to buy guns in the future? Blah, 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 blah. And so they just go buy one without an education, without training, without um, learning that respect. And I agree with everything you just said. I think that hesitation will get you killed. If -hmm. you have a gun, hesitation will get you killed. Um, I carry and I carry to use it. So if you come at me, I am not going to hesitate. There will be no hesitation. Mm -hmm. I will be unloading my clip if I feel like I'm in a situation where that's the last case scenario. But I've been trained for that. And I will continue to train myself for that. And and my, my goal is never to kill somebody, ever. Nobody ever wants to kill somebody, but I will not, um, I will not be a victim in that either. So, uh, yeah, I think that the guys who had us on that range day, um, did a great job of showing the safety mechanisms of the handguns that they had. I think that they showed great, um, respect for them and took us and took you as a first time shooter 
and explained things in a way that maybe you weren't 100% comfortable with it, but you were still, you got out there and shot it and you shot it like a badass and I was proud of you. <laughs> well, yeah, thanks. I was, I mean, sweating for sure. I mean, not just because it was hot. It I, was but... stinking hot that day, <laughs> but, <laughs> but you did but well. I did do it and I feel, and I feel proud of myself, yeah. you know, that I, that I did it and that I didn't let my fear, you know, overcome yeah. What I knew going into it, I was, I was excited to do, but mm-hmm. I did have some, you know, apprehension and I didn't let that, um, take control over that situation. Good. And and you were there to help me with that. So I'm very <laughs> glad. And, and I think that is something for, you know, to take away is that like having a friend, like a, like a female friend, mm-hmm. um, was especially helpful in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, I agree a hundred percent. I think having backup, <laughs> having having people who support you and know when to push and when to hold back is key. It mm-hmm. is it is vital, and I think that that's why building a community around yourself of not just like-minded people. We can say that all day long. Like-minded people make us feel good. It makes us feel supported, but it's not just that. It's a friend knowing when to encourage that push and a friend knowing when it's enough and when right. you can when you can back off. And um that's a that's a good thing to know. It's good to know that I can support you, but that you can also support me and we can walk away and say, okay, we're good. <laughs> yeah. And being totally okay with that, not having any kind of like feelings about, mm-hmm. yeah, about mm-hmm. like, oh, but we didn't shoot the big guns and that's okay. Yeah. It's yeah. fine. Mm-hmm. There's always more opportunities. Um, you know, I expect both of us to be in Montana next year. <laughs> uh, and and so I think that rushing into something will only push your anxiety higher. Mm-hmm. So being able to, you know, if you're a first time shooter, don't expect or don't push yourself to have to shoot every single thing out there. It's okay to 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 hold back and and say, okay, I'm good with this, 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 and this, and have a great experience with that. And this goes for yourself or if you're taking somebody with you, if you're mentoring somebody, if you're teaching somebody or just being their backup. Let's plan on this, 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 and this, and then process it. And then we can always come back another day and try something else. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's never a rush into it. And I think that that's something to keep in mind rushing into something is never I I never want to rush somebody into something that they're not right. ready for mm-hmm. yeah yeah well Hannah thank you <laughs> yeah um I do want to say that yeah. like if, if people are seeking out maybe opportunities like that, that we were fortunate to have with POMA, mm-hmm. I mean, I definitely didn't know what to look for, but I will say that like, I'm going to be going to the wilderness, um, mm-hmm. 
women's go wild weekend, which is in September, it's September 24th through the 26th. And they're going to have like shooting archery. I mean, it's, it really kind of is like more like a summer camp weekend kind of, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and people can, women, you know, can register for that. And, and that's an even, that's a great way to try to, get a similar experience because these are going to be all women. But I think that probably some of the instructors, they could be male. I don't have that information, but that that's not that big of a deal. But I think having um, a community of women behind you, supporting you makes it a little bit easier to like go there. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. I do. I do. And I think that if you can't make it to that, which you and I both, we love all those wilderness people. Yes. Um, They're great people. I really like them. Uh, But if you can't make it to that, look around your state, look around your community. There are so many opportunities. Shoot Like a Girl goes everywhere. Mm -hmm. If you look up and see where they are traveling, they take their trailer everywhere and you can get your hands on a lot of different guns. Um, There are instructors usually in every community that are women that are so excited to teach people whether it is a carrying class or a self-defense class, whatever it is. I think that there are opportunities if you search for them. Yeah. Yeah. And if you, if you don't know, ask somebody or even go into like those Facebook groups, which I know, I know (laughs) (laughs) when you ask some question, you're going to get like a a million different answers. But I think just, you know, putting it out there, um, that gives you opportunity to look through all of them and find which one is the right one for you. And that's, that's, that's really the first step is, Mm -hmm. is really kind of, you have to put it out there that you, that this is something that you are want to do or think you might want to do. Um, and you and can reach out to us. You can reach yeah. out to us because we have contacts with people that we can find something for you. So you can reach out to me or Hannah. Um, Hannah, you're. do you mainly do Instagram and YouTube or is yes. Facebook still something? Yeah. Like I see you on Facebook too. Uh, I, yeah, people can find me on Instagram, YouTube. Did I say Facebook, Instagram, YouTube? Yeah, they, Facebook, that's where they yeah. can find me. Um, but Instagram probably is the best is the best one, mm-hmm. just because that's where kind of like that's where I have all my links. Yeah. Um, so if you want to find something, that's the that would be the best place to go. Yeah. So go to <laughs> Hannah, the plus size hunter. She and we've had you on here before, and I love that conversation too. You guys need to go back and listen to exactly what Hannah does, and she reviews outdoor equipment for women for mm-hmm. for us for what fits what works what doesn't work <laughs> and uh and you do it all um in a great way like I I think I even talked to somebody about it at Poma where somebody said oh you know for plus size and I said no I get I get stuff out of it too Anybody can get stuff out of it because it's not just how it fits for a plus size hunter. It's how it sounds. It how it's how it works. Mm-hmm. It's how yes. you do a whole lot more than just what your your name accounts for. So, yeah, yeah. I think the the plus size part of it is like 
that's how I started. But I, I think the part of it that is relatable to most women is that like, I don't have this like awesome, like at least like traditionally awesome body. Like I'm, I'm okay with my body out and my body does, my body works really hard for me. Okay. I should be very appreciative of it. Um, <laughs> but I think, yeah, just being like, listen, there's these, these shorts, they emphasize parts of my body that I don't want to be emphasized. And I think having something like that is like so relatable for so many of us that yes. that's why, um, any size woman can watch something from me and be like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I I feel that. (laughs) Yeah. I think one of my favorites, I have a lot of favorites of yours, but one of my favorites recently has been the, um, how you pee standing up. (laughs) How like you try multiple ones and I've tried a few of them and I agree on everything that you say about it. And I have actually thought about changing one of the things that I was gifted to try um, because it didn't work for me. And so I don't know. You do more than just camo. You do more than just um, like pants, shirts, things. You, You have tried multiple things. So you guys go check her out. And again, if you have any questions about... Uh, firearms, getting started, classes that you can find, reach out to us. We can mm-hmm. we can reach out and find somebody in your community if you do not have the ability to find that. And we would love to do that for you. Absolutely. Thank you, Hannah. Thank you.